Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Brent Crow. Brent, are you ready to do this? Man, if I'm on with George G, I don't have any other options. So, yes, sir. Let's let's go. Brent is the vice president of student leadership, or, or rather, the vice president of Student Leadership University. He holds a doctorate in philosophy and two master's degree. He is the author. He is an author. His newest book is. 10 steps to your best life, connecting the new normal to the ancient wisdom of Jesus. Brent, again, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Sure thing. Is George G a stage name? Is that, is that what you, when you're in the clubs, turning the tables, is it George G or is that just what everybody calls you? So, so I've never had the opportunity to do that, but now <laughs> I simply must set the intention of going to the clubs and turning the tables and using that stage name or pseudonym. Yes. It's too good. It's too good to waste. <laughs> you have no, to report see, back. How did it go? <laughs> they chased me well, down, the, well, down the street. <laughs> well, yeah, they did not let me in. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Well, George, my name is uh, Brent, and I, I live in the metropolis of uh, a little cow town outside of Orlando, Florida. We're Floridians. We've been in a lift in Orlando for 17 years. Uh, and then about two and a half years ago, for our own wellness, for our own contentment, for our own uh, sanity, you may say, I uh, um, uh, decided to uh, or my wife, I should say, and I decided to just kind of kick our present paradigm to the curb. And we uh, we moved to the country. Uh, we have six kids, um, which is either people either really think that's a cool idea or highly irresponsible, one or two. Uh, usually when I'm speaking somewhere that gets a, a smile and a nod, which, you know, the people who just smile and nod are in their head going, that is so irresponsible that they would have six kids. Oh my gosh, are they trying to get a reality show? Anyway, so I have six kids. We live on about 10 and a half acres of land with chickens and ducks and donkeys and cows, which is not our norm. We're exploring a definitely a, a new way of uh, a new way of living. And I spend my days helping uh, students think, dream, and lead at the feet of Jesus uh, through our organization, Student Leadership University. So that's a little bit about me. Nice. I don't. I didn't really think irresponsible when uh, you talked about six kids. It was more, oh my gosh, just how and more how. I've got two. Yeah. So if I were to multiply that by three, I just hey. So God bless you. Whatever you got, whatever you got, your plates full. Uh, and uh, uh, honestly, we we have we we have six, but a year and a half ago we had three. George, we we adopted three kids, hmm. smack in the middle of the pandemic. And it was something that we had always wanted to do, adopt. But the door just kept shutting in our face. We had no idea why. And then all of a sudden, uh, in May of last year, it became apparent why. And the reason is because we had been trying to adopt a kid. Hmm. And the Lord and in his infinite wisdom uh, had a plan all along where there was this sibling group that was going to need a home. And so in one month from May to June, we went from three uh, kids in the house to six. And so our, our family 
doubled in size. So that's, yeah. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's about the shortest version of that story I could give. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like a, that sounds like part two of the podcast. So we'll, we'll, we'll uh, circle back on that. So what, what was the motivator for, for, for the new book? Well, 10 Steps to Your Best Life um, is a book that is very practical, of course, in nature. You can't have a title like that and not be practical. But what I what I tried to do was take a question that I believe everybody is asking and take it to the teachings of Jesus. And that is, uh, what does it look like to craft, create, imagine, pursue a new paradigm of living as we emerge out of this long, dark winter called COVID-19. And I just simply took that question to the teachings of Jesus. And the more I researched and the more that I wrote, it uh, kind of fell into the category of 10, 10 steps. So it is highly practical, but self-help would probably not be the best phrase. It's really the Savior's help. Uh, that we're seeking here. And uh, as a Christian, taking that, that, that question to the scriptures and, and, and spending a, a year and 14, 16 months researching the answer was, was, uh, was probably the, the most rewarding research project I've done in my, my 20 plus years of, of research and writing. So. Yeah, I certainly imagine. Now, as, as, as you think about that, you're thinking, okay, we're going through this, this, this ridiculous, this crazy time. And I, I, and I think that you're right. I think that, that we're all struggling in some form or fashion with everything that's going on. And as we look to the future, it's, it's, it's never going to be the same as it was. It's going to be different. Did, did, did you already have a sense of just because you've been immersed in, 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 Christianity and and the scripture, um, how it, it kind of walked me through that process of uh, he, he, here's some of the main areas I think, yeah. But then researching. Well, I knew as a Christian, I knew I knew that um, this is not the first time that people have faced uh, tragedy, crisis, uh, a storm of uncertainty brewing around them at all times. But uh, and I also knew as a Christian that, that God has always uh, made a way forward. Now, it may, it may not have been the way we would have. We, we may have wanted to write the script a little differently at times. But God has always provided a way. Um, the struggle has been uh, that we as human beings get very comfortable with temporary I live in, let me tell you what I mean by that. I live in central Florida. So, you know, our state, Florida, is basically a, a big peninsula of land sticking out into an ocean. And so we've got the Gulf on one side and uh, the, the Atlantic on the other side. And, um, you know, the, the reality is we get quite a few storms. Uh, years ago, there was a, a series of four storms that hit central Florida in six weeks. So after the first storm, we all do what we do, right? We clean up our yards, we put everything on the curb. Uh, the only problem is the next storm blew through and everything we put on the curb became projectiles and mm. destroyed homes and roofs and we cleaned up again. And by the time four storms had come through, the, 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 the debris that had been cleaned up 
caused more damage than the original storms. And so it took us 18 to 24 months to get our city back in order. Every time I would fly into Orlando, it was a sea of blue tarps. And you could tell after about a year and a half, there were some people who got really comfortable living under a blue tarp. Hmm. Well, a blue tarp was never designed to be a permanent solution. It is a, it is a temporary solution to a permanent need. And the great fear as I've gone through this research through this, the great fear for me is that I would, or others would, um, get really comfortable with temporary solutions when there's a better way that God wants us to strive for and to reach for um, as we emerge out of this, out of this pandemic. What an amazing metaphor that is. Nice. <laughs> Get too comfortable or just comfortable living under a blue tarp. Um, yeah. is, 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 is that a function of just trying to address the symptoms constantly, but not really getting down to the root cause. I, you know, I think it's a function of what Leonard Sweet called a dinosaurian philosophy. Uh, a dinosaurian philosophy of life, as he articulated it, was that uh, uh, I've got to eat, drink, pleasure myself, and fight. <laughs> and those are the four rules of a dinosaur. And I think it's the result of, of just trying to survive. And I, there's something about our, our, our brains or something about um, uh, maybe our uh, humanity and its fallen nature where we just want to get by. And I just am very, very grateful to the Lord that uh, um, he's never He's never presented us a way of living where we just get by. And so I think it, it goes back to that dinosaurian philosophy of trying to survive rather than soar. Nice. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And that, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, talking about Florida and the storms are going this way, they're going that way. And it's just such a wonderful metaphor for life because we can have good intentions about what we're going to do today. I don't need to get wiped out by a hurricane, but your kid's sick or mm -hmm. you get a fire at work or whatever. Um, and we're constantly sort of responding and living in that dinosaurian sort of framework. So, and it's, it's such a human thing to do. You talked about why that, why it is that's happening why does it often take or what 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 does jesus think about why it takes me hitting rock bottom to start making changes well i don't i don't think that it takes us hitting rock bottom to start making changes i just think you know humanity has an incredible ability to suffer from short term memory loss hmm. so we we tend to not learn from uh, lessons of the past too easily um, and so we think that every crisis is unique and it is in one sense to us. Uh, but, uh, the, I was, I was in a conversation with a friend the other day whose grandmother survived the Spanish influenza, uh, the, the issue, the pandemic that happened, the spent called the Spanish flu, Spanish influenza, whatever. And, uh, you could just tell there was a different demeanor. She was 102 years old. There was a different demeanor about her. She she felt like we had been here before. We, we can get through this. 
Um, I remember when 9-11 happened, I, uh, I was speaking in a church and I had all our World War II veterans stand up who were alive and fought World War II, uh, you know, attack of Pearl Harbor happened, drew us into that conflict, that great war. Um, and I had all the, the World War II veterans stand up. Then I had all the kids 11, 12 years and younger stand up. And I was doing this more for the adults, George, than, than anybody else. But I said, all right, kids, look at look at all the adults that are standing in this room, these older men and women. I said, they're they're living proof that we've been here before and we're going to be OK. So I don't think it takes hitting rock bottom if we're willing to remind ourselves. But the beautiful thing about, I think, the grace of God uh, is that Jesus is willing to meet us no matter where we are in the journey. And no matter where we are in the journey, his appeal is still the same. You know, come to me. <laughs> Those of you who are, are heavy laden, in other words, you've got a lot on your shoulders. Come to me um, and, and you're going to find rest. My burden is light, he said. So no matter where we are in the journey, I think that, that Jesus is going, you don't have to keep going this way. There's a better way. And as a Christian, it is a very comforting and encouraging thought and idea to know that Jesus has a burden that is light and that I can literally put my burdens on his shoulders. Nice. I appreciate that. So what are you hoping that, that when somebody picks up the book that they're going to get out of it? Well, my prayer is all along been that they will have a functioning paradigm for living. I, I, I want people to feel after they read this book, 10 Steps to Your Best Life, that they can, that they literally can craft a paradigm of living or customize a paradigm of living, I should say, uh, based on the paradigm in the book that is not new with the book. I mean, this paradigm has been around for a long time and has always worked but that they can customize a paradigm of living that will help them live a contented and full life. That's the hope. Yeah. So tell me, say that differently, say customize paradigm for living differently. Imagine if you had a whiteboard and you could whiteboard your future, you could reimagine what normal looked like. Uh, my hope for the book is that people would, be able to reimagine their future based on the teachings of Jesus. That is a, that is a really good formula for living. Nice. So that could be, that could be what my family situation looks like. That could be what my work situation looks like. Everything. Yes, sir. I, you know, in, in the book, we identify 10 areas. Uh, we, we start with, with, Beginnings, we start with God um, and our view of God and how we got to create a rhythm of renewal for God. Uh, and then we go on this journey, this 10 step journey that ends with contentment. Uh, we don't start with contentment. Contentment is kind of the you get to that place of contentment in your life when you follow Jesus's paradigm for living. So we're going to start with God. The beginnings are very important. If you don't start in the right place, you end in the wrong place. So we're going to start with God. Uh, we're going to create a rhythm of renewal. Um, and then hopefully we're going to end up in a place where we uh, experience contentment, not as the exception, 
not as I got to go to a mountaintop and feel the breeze and look out on the landscape before I can feel contented or sit on the beach or retire or accomplish this at work or uh, my kids uh, are doing well enough in school and my wife loves me or what. No, no, no. Somehow there has to be a way to live happy, to live full of joy, to live with this sense of contentment, even if the storms of life are still swirling around me. That is possible, but it's only possible, I believe, if you follow, uh, if you follow the Savior's uh, uh, formula. I like it. This might be sort of an inappropriate or super appropriate question. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I, I work with students, so awkward works really well. For ah, me. Great. <laughs> Um, what are you most proud of from, from, from the book? Um, honestly, I am, uh, wow. I've never been asked that question before. Dang, George G. Good. That's a good question, brother. Um, I, I, I'm most proud of the book, uh, because I believe the book is an ethic for living. Uh, on a very personal level, I'm most proud of the book because um, I went on a journey to figure out how to make life work. I'd, I'd taken a massive pay cut because I, I asked, I prayed at the beginning of the pandemic, Lord, help me not have to furlough, which is our new code word for fire, mm. anybody on my staff. And Lord, help us to reimagine our organization so that it can thrive. And so I was really going on a journey to try to figure all this out. How can I, how can I lead an organization where I've got to work crazy amount of hours? The future is very uncertain. I'm a nonprofit in a world that's, that's you know, bleeding every which way it can. Um, how in the world can I? And so I went on this journey and I was able to figure this out for myself. So I'm most proud of the fact that I learned something. I was better for it. And I'm most proud of the fact that then I got to turn around and share it with others. So I'd, I'd have to say that's, that's what I'm most proud of. I love it. That makes sense. Well, Brett, I'm also most proud that it's in its second printing now. So that's also, <laughs> can I say that? Is that no. terrible to say out loud? <laughs> I, 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 I don't think so. <clears throat> that just means that you're reaching more people, right? Yes, sir. Love it. Well, Brent, the people are ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? If I had to say one difference-making tip, and I looked on your, your site, and you've had some incredible interviews, George, George G., um, but uh, I would say if you wake up um, with gratitude, if you let the sun hit your skin every day and you're grateful, and you look at the stars every night and you're amazed, then you'll never waste a day. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets Come on. Brent, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? And where can they pick up a copy of 10 Steps to Your Best Life, Connecting the New Normal to the Ancient Wisdom of Jesus? It's really this easy. My name.com, Brent Crow, B-R-E-N-T-C-R-O-W-E dot com, or they can follow me on social, Brent at Brent A. Crow, at Brent A. Crow. It has to be Brent A. Crow, George, because I didn't get in the social media game until five minutes too late in a middle school or an event I was doing, took Brent Crow and just posted about how much I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So okay. it's, at, it's at Brent 
a crow. <laughs> I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Brent your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to brentcrow.com. That's B-R-E-N-T-C-R-O-W-E. And check, pick up a copy of 10 Steps to Your Best Life, Connecting to the New Normal, Connecting the New Normal to the Ancient Wisdom of Jesus. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Brent. Thanks, sir. And until next time, Keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.